focus on headline. And let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio today, we have our reporters in Chung Yin and Yoon Hae Jung. Guys, uh, Happy New Year's to you guys. Good to see you once again. Happy New Year. Uh, do you guys have, I, I've been asking this for all of our listeners out there, <laughs> uh, New Year's resolutions. You guys got uh, New Year's resolutions by any chance? I guess the same old, same old for me, definitely eat more healthier. And maybe read more. <laughs> so how, how long has the resolution gone for? It's a secret because it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Pretty long. Yane, how about yourself? New Year's resolutions? Uh, staying healthy as always. You guys are like two of the most healthiest people. I don't understand why you keep saying this. Make me feel all guilty and stuff like that. The one person that should be healthier uh, is me. But uh, good to see you guys once again. Once again, I hope for big things in the New Year's. But uh, certainly the New Year, just two days old already. We have been bombarded with uh, some shocking news left and right. Uh, first off, we're going to start things off in the southeastern port city of Busan, where Democratic Party leader Lee Jae-myung uh, was attacked by an assailant around 10.30 a.m. Uh, while he was in Busan for a visit. An unidentified individual stabbed him in the neck with a knife-like weapon. Uh, do understand that there is still investigation going on as the assailant has uh, decided to practice his rights to remain silent. Yane, you're going to start us off. Uh, certainly a, a shocking development happening, especially with now less than 100 days to go until the general elections. Uh, what do you have for us? Yes, so on the second day of 2024, the incident happened when Lee Jae-myung was touring the construction site of a new airport on Busan's Kadokdo Island. So as he was answering questions from reporters at that moment, the scene was captured in multiple footages, which showed a man, assumed to be in his 60s or 70s, approaching the party chief, disguised as one of his followers. According to videos posted on social media and eyewitnesses, uh, Lee Jae-myung was surrounded by cameras and reporters, slightly lowering his head. The next moment, the assailant uh, wearing a blue paper crown on his head that read, I am Lee Jae-myung, uh, approached him from behind the reporters. Now, according to witnesses, the man tried to penetrate through the crowd, shouting, I want autograph. After determining that he had approached Lee Jae-myung close enough, he, uh, the attacker uh, charged towards Lee with approximately 20 to 30 centimeter long weapon. And as the people around realized the crime happening, screams of horror erupted and voices of people exclaiming and expressing confusion and shock were recorded in those footages. Lee immediately fell to the ground and the supporters and police officers overpowered the man and took him to a police car. Now, Lee was left with an injury of about 1.5 centimeter uh, to his neck, and after receiving emergency treatment at Busan University Hospital, he was then transferred to Seoul National University Hospital for further treatment. treatment. Uh, while there is no threat to his life, there is an estimated damage to, the, uh, to his jugular vein, uh, raising concerns about potential additional bleeding. And the police is investigating into the assailant's motivation, the suspect is currently claiming his right to remain silent, as SJ mentioned. President Yoon also conveyed his serious concern regarding Lee's safety following the attack. He instructed the government to conduct a prompt investigation and offer assistance for the opposition leader's medical care, as stated by the president's office. You could say all you want with the current uh, tensions between the two rival parties, but I think uh, one thing is for sure both 
parties have condemned the attack. Mm -hmm. uh, the DP has come out saying that it's an act of terrorism. Uh, the even the the ruling PPP has come out saying that uh, circumstances like this are uncalled for and should not have happened uh, in a country that's built on democracy, is what I believe the PPP said. But uh, for I understand, the prosecutors and the police, not to mention the uh, the police, National Police Agency's chief, called on for a special task force of investigation task force uh, to look into uh, the attacks against uh, Lee Jae-myung. Again, because the assailant has decided to uh, practice his right to remain silent. There's little that's known right now. And as you know, with the current uh, legal system, uh, they do protect the identity of the suspect, uh, even if they are guilty of whatever the actions. But because of kind of the attack on the knife, right, uh, kind of attacking the jugular vein and so forth, there is a high con a chance that uh, he is going to be charged with attempted murder is what it is. And so uh, especially with uh, now the general elections now less than 100 days, we'll have to see how all of this uh, impacts the elections. But uh, again, because uh, these are still developing, we'll keep a close tab on the matter. And of course, we'll give all of our listeners out there uh, the latest updates on this. Uh, the government had planned to deliberate and vote on a uh, and veto, of course, uh, on the uh, contentious uh, special counsel probe bill, uh, two bills in regards to a special prosecution act at the cabinet meeting. But again, the plan was delayed because the National Assembly delayed the transfer of the bill to the government. Hejang, let's get the updates on this. Right. Earlier, the government had rescheduled today's cabinet meeting to the afternoon, which was initially set to take place in the morning to deliberate and vote on the veto, as there was a possibility of the double special prosecution bill being passed on to the Ministry of Government Legislation uh, later in the day. Now, the bill was forced through the National Assembly last Thursday during its plenary session led by the main opposition uh, Democratic Party and other opposing parties. And the prime minister's office said that the Double Special Prosecution Act was not presented at today's cabinet meeting, uh, which was held at the government complex in Sejong. The National Assembly explained that the review of the special bill is ongoing, which makes it difficult to transfer the bill to the government later in the day. The so-called double special prosecution bill seeks to appoint independent special prosecutors to investigate First Lady King Gonyi's alleged manipulation of Deutsche Motors stock price, as well as the five billion club bribery scandal in the Daejeongdong development project, where several developers received five billion won each in return for helping get the project off the ground. Now, within the presidential office, there are plans to hold an extra cabinet meeting this week as soon as the special prosecution bill is transferred or to deliberate and vote on the bills at the cabinet meeting uh, next week at the latest. And President Yoon is expected to immediately approve the veto if the cabinet reviews and votes on the bill. The presidential office explained that there is no need to delay the veto as the government already announced that it will veto the bill as soon as it is sent to the government. And despite some polls showing a majority of negative, negative public on the negative uh, public opinion on the veto, the presidential office plans to uh, show their veto swiftly as it sees it as a bad law led by the opposition targeting the general elections. I mean. 
I mean, you could argue. I mean, it's not, it's not wrong, right? I mean, they are pushing for the bills uh, because of the upcoming general elections, but also because of the uh, the alleged uh, legalities, the, I guess, uh, the illegal uh, stock manipulation by the first lady. And uh, the argument that the DP is using is that just because you're a spouse of the president does not give you immunity. And still, if you've done something wrong, that you should face uh, the legal system. Uh, but it's it's going to be difficult. Again, I mean, President Yun, it's, it's, I mean, come on, it's, it's in regards to his wife, the first lady, right? So it's not like he's not going to use the veto rights, but it depends on how the uh, the public views the situation there because from what I understand, I just recently saw a poll that was released by uh, Hanguk Research, I believe, uh, that was done with uh, the state uh, KBS. And right now, uh, the main opposition DP does have a slim edge over the PPP right now in with the upcoming general elections. Uh, not to mention President Yoon Sagyar does have a high disapproval rate compared to his approval rate. And there is a high percentage of people who believe that the Democratic Party should retain the power in the National Assembly in order to kind of uh, put in the checks and balances to keep the ruling uh, government in power. So doesn't look good right now and see how that's going to ultimately impact but uh, this whole prosecution bill the special prosecution bill it is going to be a highly contentious issue moving forward here again another thing that we'll keep a close tap on uh speaking of president yun so gary stated that during his term he'll be really alleviating the korea discount by overhauling regulations in the capital market and this is according to his congratulatory speech he delivered at the opening ceremonies of the securities and derivatives market for the year 2024 at the korea exchange headquarters in seoul yay now let's get more details on this Sure. So being the first sitting president ever to attend the stock market opening ceremony on the day of the first trading day of the year, uh, Yoon made his second visit to the event after participating as a presidential candidate two years ago. So in his remarks today, uh, he stated, quote, although South Korea has many companies globally competitive, the stock market is severely undervalued. He went on to pledge to actively prepare for measures to reform short selling and to push for the abolition of the capital gains tax on financial investments. Furthermore, President Yoon shared his plan to positively consider amendments to the Commercial Act to bolster the benefits of small shareholders. Now, his another plan, uh, apparently, was to significantly expand government support to help accumulate individuals' assets, such as individual savings account or ISA. President Yoon emphasized that the stock market is a venue for mutual growth of the people and businesses, serving as a ladder to support the accumulation of national assets. He added uh, to prevent social stratification and increase the vitality of the society, the financial investment sector must be activated. Uh, so he reiterated his commitment to support and uphold a fair market environment through continued cooperation with market participants. Attending the event with President Yoon today were over 160 professionals from the financial investment industry, as well as Deputy Prime Minister slash Minister of Economy and Finance Choi Sang-mook, Chairman of the Financial Services Commission Kim Joo-hyun, as well as Head of the Financial Supervisory Service Lee Bo-kyun. Yeah, so the first day of the trading session uh, started off about an hour later than usual at 10 a.m. and uh, started off on a uh, high note here. The 
benchmark Cosby ended uh, up at 0.55%. The tech-heavy Cosdaq up 1.43%. And I was mentioning uh, last week as we were kind of uh, talking about the, the final day of the trading session, what a lot of people were hoping for uh, was by the end of 2023 that Samsung Electronics hits uh, 80,000, uh, <laughs> the mark last seen a couple of years ago. And uh, it's got, it went up 1.4%, uh, by the way, today. And it's 79,601, so they're very close. <laughs> Almost there. Almost, <laughs> Almost there. there is what they're saying. And so, uh, again, I mean, this is the, you know, the, the blue chip stock that everyone says is the safest, but uh, boy, I mean, it, it took a hit uh, for some quite time so it's almost there starting off on a high note here we'll see how the market does fare in 2024 uh, in the meantime president Yoon here also attending the 2024 new year's greeting of the business community uh, co-hosted by the korea chamber of commerce and industry and korea federation of smes to encourage uh, hard work of business leaders and there he vowed to revive the korean economy hedging let's get more on this it was President Yoon's second time to attend this event following last year's event. The event was held at a chamber in the Korea Federation of SMEs building located in Yeoido, Seoul. During his remarks, President Yoon expressed his gratitude to business leaders, saying that thanks to the government and businesses working as one team, new markets were explored around the world, allowing Korea to overcome the economic crisis through exports, adding that Korea has been able to revive exports, achieve price stability, and high employment rates. The South Korean leader added that the government will spare no effort to ensure that people can feel the vitality of the Korean economy, promising to focus on supporting the service industry, foster high-tech industries, and promote business investment through bold and swift support measures, as well as to help startups uh, founded by young people go global and ease the financial burden on small businesses and the self-employed. President Yoon added that Korean companies have grown stronger with each crisis, calling on the business community and the government to work together as one team Korea in the new year. Kim Gi-moon, chairman of the Korea Federation of SMEs, said that innovation by large and small businesses together will strengthen the competitiveness of the entire industrial ecosystem. He also added that the support of the government through regulatory innovation and labor reform will make this possible. The New Year's event was attended by more than 400 key figures from SMEs, major conglomerates, and the government, as well as 100 young entrepreneurs. Some attendees from the government side include Choi Sang-muk, Minister of Economy and Finance, Oh Young-ju, Minister of SMEs and Startups, and Foreign Minister Park Jin. Now, we're mentioning how uh, the new year is only two days old and uh, already during the past uh, 48 hours or so, there's been a number of major news happening in different parts of the world. Uh, this time, we're going to go over to Japan, where on New Year's Day in the afternoon, uh, there was a massive earthquake, magnitude 7.6, uh, striking the Ishikawa prefecture, uh, certainly considering the fact that uh, Japan is a earthquake-prone country and a lot of the buildings are built so that it's earthquake-proof. 
there has been a high number of casualties uh, in these particular region. This also prompted a tsunami warning in the region also impacting us here in South Korea in the East Coast. So, Yena, let's get more on this uh, devastating earthquake. Yes, so according to the Japan Meteorological Agency, it was at 4.06 p.m. Uh, when the first earthquake of magnitude 5.7 originated in the Noto Peninsula region of Ishikawa Prefecture. And numerous aftershocks were observed in the surrounding areas until the night. Especially the earthquake that occurred at 4.10 p.m. reached a maximum magnitude of 7.6. Now, according to the agency, the epicenter was approximately 30 kilometers northeast of Wajima City in Ishikawa Prefecture, and the depth of the epicenter was very shallow. The magnitude of the earthquake was smaller than the Great East Japan earthquake that happened in March 2011 with a magnitude of 9.0, but it was still larger than the January 1995 Great Hanshin earthquake, which recorded 7.3 magnitude. The agency initially issued a large tsunami warning for the Noto Peninsula region, anticipating a tsunami with a maximum height of 5 meters. Now, this marked the first issuance of a large tsunami warning since the March 2011 earthquake. And then later at around 8.30 p.m. yesterday, the large tsunami warning was downgraded to a regular tsunami warning. Now, also... uh Considering the fact that uh, we have high casualty numbers here, do tell us about uh, how the earthquake damaged the surrounding region. And also, let's get the latest uh, status updates as well. Sure. So according to Japanese news reports, uh, train services, first of all, such as the Chuesu Shinkansen connecting Saitama and uh, Niigata regions uh, were suspended, and flights at Niigata airport were canceled. In Ishikawa prefecture, power outages affected approximately 32,500 households, and communication services, including mobile phones, experienced disruptions in Niigata and Ishikawa prefectures. Kyodo News reported that evacuation orders were issued to over 97,000 residents in nine prefectures, including Fukui, Dotori, Akita, Fukuoka, and Saga. In Wajima City in Ishikawa, around around, uh, 200 buildings were burned to the ground after fire reports came in right after the earthquake. And up to this point, as of 3.30 today, uh, 48 fatalities and over 30 injuries, uh, I believe the number has gone much more up uh, right now. Uh, those were the official, uh, officially reported numbers so far, according to Ishikawa Prefecture authorities. However, the exact details of the damage are still being assessed uh, as well, and NHK's report revealed that rescue requests of residents trapped inside fallen houses are continuing. The Japan Meteorological Agency has urged continued vigilance as there is a risk of earthquakes with a magnitude of 7 or higher in the next week, especially on the 2nd and the 3rd. I don't know if I'm kind of, uh, if this is mentally affecting me because I don't know if you guys are hearing like shaking going on or sounds outside. (laughs) Very intimidating. I I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's only us that's feeling this right now, Mm -hmm. but there's some shaking going on. By the way, we have uh, in the, uh, the radio department, we have a computer that has the emergency service uh, detection. And so I remember yesterday around this time uh, was when the basically started going Mm -hmm. off and uh, our team was the only team that was here. 
because yesterday being the New Year's Day, we were live, and it was us and the uh, and also the, uh, the 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 news announcer. Mm -hmm. And so I, it was. I know that our producer saw the the alert that came in, and so we try to give uh, the the latest information on this, but. The reason why we were also watching very carefully, and I mentioned this uh, briefly yesterday, as the tsunami warning was slated for something around 6.15 in some parts of the East Coast here in, in Korea, and uh, just after 7 p.m., uh, the South Korean Weather Agency did say on Tuesday that a tsunami as high as 85 centimeters were observed in South Korea's East Coast because of the aftermath of the 7.6 magnitude uh, earthquake. Hejong, uh, let's get the latest updates on the South Korean side. According to the Korea Meteorological Administration, following Japan's Monday quake, the first tsunami was observed off South Korea's eastern coast in less than two hours in the coastal city of Gangneung of Gangwon province, where the waves were measured as high as 39 centimeters. Between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., tsunamis were also observed along the east coast, with the nearby cities of Sokcho and Samcheok experiencing waves as high as 45 centimeters and 33 centimeters, respe respectively. The county of Uljin along the lower part of the east coast saw the tsunami waves rise as high as 66 centimeters. And about four hours after the quake that hit Japan, a tsunami wave measured at 85 centimeters at its highest point was observed off the port of Bukko in the eastern coastal city of Tonghe in Gangwon province at 8.35 p.m. on Monday. Now, this magnitude exceeds the threshold for issuing a tsunami warning. A warning is issued when an undersea earthquake of a magnitude of 6 or higher occurs, which may lead to tsunami waves of 50 to 100 centimeters high hitting the coast of Korea. And in general, a tsunami height of 50 centimeters or higher is considered a level that requires evacuation to higher ground because coastal lowlands may submerge. The Meteorological Administration said tsunamis with waves lower than 10 centimeters had been surging toward the east coast as of 8 a.m. Tuesday, adding that tsunamis were gradually ebbing, but people on shore areas still have to take caution. Now, this marks the first time in 31 years since South Korea has experienced a tsunami on its coasts since July of 1993, when a magnitude 7.8 earthquake off Japan's Hokkaido sent tsunamis toward the South Korean east coast, measuring 2.76 meters at the highest point. In the meantime, Korea's Nuclear Safety and Security Commission has confirmed that so far there, there are no abnormal earthquake-related accidents at nuclear power plants located on the East Coast. And uh, after the 7.6 magnitude earthquake, Japanese power companies have also begun checking nuclear power plants to detect any possible abnormalities. President Yoon has sent his condolences to Prime Minister Kushida to express his sympathy to the victims and bereaved families of the earthquake and expressed his will for solidarity to overcome the damage brought on by the disaster. 
The Korean presidential office said that uh, President Yoon showed willingness to support recovery measures and wished the people in the affected areas to return to their daily lives as soon as possible. Again, there's a lot of science to what creates these uh, tsunamis and the speed in which the tsunamis travel to, because uh, if you judge the magnitude of the earthquake with the location, uh, they were predicting that it was going to arrive something like uh, an hour and a half after the, the initial earthquake struck. Uh, but again, the big concern was that, and I mentioned this briefly yesterday, as you know, with the New Year's, what do a lot of people do on the New Year's is they go to the East Coast, right, uh, to look at the, the very first uh, sunrise mm -hmm. of the New Year. And so there was a large number of people headed towards the East Coast, uh, a lot of them. Of course, kind of still hanging around, uh, going to the uh, the East Coast areas and uh, by the beaches and so forth. But luckily, because it does, it does take time, again, an hour and a half was what they were saying uh, already with the alerts going on, with the tsunami warnings being issued. Uh, they were evacuated very uh, quickly and they did barricade the area. So again, no injuries, no casualties, no damages are reported so far because of this. Uh, and so this is what would happen if you have, uh, uh, I guess, uh, measures in place. Uh, earlier on uh, but unfortunately uh, while this was all going on uh, the Japanese meteorological agency uh, they were issuing alerts and uh, tsunami warnings and so forth uh, of course which means that it's going to include maps they included Tokyo course they did not call it Tokyo but they included Tokyo as part of their territory in their recent alert in their map uh Yane certainly causing another controversy with the South Korean government uh, tell us more about this sure so the agency presented a map of Japan where the different levels of warnings were marked and color-coded and on this map indicating the tsunami warning status and alerts posted on their website the major tsunami warning uh, was issued for the Noto region in Ishikawa prefecture and tsunami warning uh, regular tsunami warning I mean was issued for Fukui and Toyama prefectures among others and it was also noted that the agency issued a tsunami advisory for regions like Hokkaido and Totori prefectures, uh, which were marked in yellow on the map, and this included Tokyo. So historically, the Japanese Meteorological Agency has included Tokyo in various weather forecasts as part of its national territory. In January 2022, when a tsunami warning was issued due to an underwater volcanic eruption near Tonga in the South Pacific, uh, Tokyo was also encompassed in its warning area. During a regular briefing by the Korean Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, Im Soo-seok, the spokesperson for the ministry, responded to related questions stating, quote, the government, the Korean government has strongly protested to Japan through diplomatic channels and demanded corrective actions. He went on to explain that Tokyo is clearly Korea's own territory, historically, geographically, and under international law, and there is no sovereignty dispute over Tokyo. The, spokesper uh, the spokesman reiterated its willingness to respond firmly and sternly to any unjust claims by Japan regarding the islands. And so this is one of those unfortunate things, right? I mean, let's face it, I mean, it, it, we can all say that under the current administration, relations between South Korea and Japan has great improved. Mm -hmm. uh, they've worked to improve, I guess, to solve some historical issues as well, though not, not everyone's on par uh, with the, incent uh, the initiatives, uh, but they've decided that they were going to compensate the forced laborers uh, through a joint program that 
actually involves more the South Korean government and the South Korean companies. Uh, but still, uh, relations have improved quite a, quite a bit. But this is the one thing that they still can't solve, right? And so uh, the the ongoing claim, the false claims over Tokyo Islands as being Japan's, and uh, we've seen this in a number of occasions in, in international sporting events and so forth. And despite many years of protests, they're refusing to change their stance on this. And this is one of those reasons for why you can't further improve relations uh, between the two countries. Let's move on, go over to the U.S. this time. U.S. President Joe Biden sharing his New Year's message. The president touting U.S. job gains as he is seeking re-election in 2024. Uh, Hejong, let's get more on what the state's leader said uh, in regards to the New Year's and his uh, New Year's message. Right. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden offered up a New Year's message Sunday night local time, saying a highlight of the year 2023 was the creation of jobs. The pre-taped interview was shown during ABC's Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest just hours before the East Coast was set to ring in 2024. Seacrest has interviewed the Bidens the past four years for the New Year's special. The president, asked on his hopes for 2024, said he hopes everybody has a healthy, happy, and safe New Year. He added, quote unquote, but beyond that, I hope that they understand that we're in a better position than any country in the world to lead the world and that we're coming back and it's about time. Later, when asked about his standout memories from 2023, Biden said that people are in a position to be able to making a living now and that they've de- uh, created a lot of jobs for over 14 million. First Lady Jill Biden also shared a similarly upbeat message as well in the interview. The first couple was speaking from St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands, where the Biden family is celebrating the New Year's. This year's trip has drawn criticism from some Republicans who argued Biden's trip shows how the White House has been absent from the refugee situation at the U.S. southern border. Biden has faced repeated criticism from the right over his handling of the U.S.-Mexico border situation with his approval rating on immigration dropping eight points in December compared to the previous month, according to a poll. Now, this isn't the first time a president has come under fire for taking a holiday trip. Former presidents George W. Bush, Obama, and Trump had all faced similar criticisms for trips from away from Washington. And at the end of November last year, uh, Biden's approval rating stood at 40 percent, the lowest since he took office. It's also the lowest rating of recent presidents at the same point in their presidencies. In the meantime, Biden on Saturday took several questions from reporters when leaving dinner in St. Croix and revealed his New Year's resolution, which was to come back next year. I find it funny that the Republicans are complaining about his trip when I, I think former President Donald Trump made uh, a number of trips to Mar-a-Lago to go golfing uh, almost <laughs> on a, uh, a weekly basis. But uh, there's always going to be criticism in regards to Speaking of which, let's talk about the Republican side here. Guys, I, the, the presidential election this year is going to be quite an interesting one uh, because you're looking at... A uh, president with very low approval rating and also a very aging president, uh, the incumbent president, and the 
Opposition, uh, who's going to be running against him, is someone who lost to the current incumbent, uh, former President Donald Trump, who is facing a number of legal issues. But uh, it, it does seem like right now, as Joe Biden, who is going to be seeking re-election, he's going to be uh, highly likely the, the Democrats' candidate. You have Trump probably going to be winning the primary for the Republican side. But still, everyone is watching the Republican primary uh, very carefully, as there are a number of other candidates. But uh, none that really stands out more than Donald Trump here. Yane, let's get more on this. Sure. So in the Republican Party, uh, as mentioned, former President Donald Trump is gearing up for the Iowa caucus, the starting point of a series of crucial primaries before the upcoming presidential election. Now, this journey uh, scheduled to kick off on January 15th with uh, in Iowa is gaining significant attention as Trump aims to secure an early lead. In certain states with demographic challenges, of course, uh, Trump faces competition from potential rivals like Nikki Haley, uh, former governor of South Carolina and the 29th United States ambassador to the United Nations, as well as Ron DeSantis, uh, current governor of Florida. Uh, Florida. The Iowa caucus, uh, known for its distinctive role in shaping the election landscape, demands extensive efforts from candidates and supporters alike. So as a part of their tactic, apparently, Trump's campaign is actively recruiting what is called caucus captains who gain 10 voters vow to vote for Trump and they are offering them incentives including a promise to meet Donald Trump at a future event in Milwaukee. Now, in the meantime, uh, Super PACs, now that's an acronym for uh, Political Action Committee, uh, independent committee that pulls campaign contribution for certain uh, candidates. Uh, Super PACs, which backs Haley, uh, Nikki Haley and DeSantis, they are actively engaging in Iowa as well, identifying potential supporters and targeting undecided voters, according to a New York Times report. Now, the race is heating up as Haley aims to secure the solid second position in the state and go on to create a head-to-head rivalry with Donald Trump by the end of February, presenting a formidable challenge to Trump's supremacy. Now, according to a CBS News and YouGov poll conducted from the 8th to the 15th of last month, in Iowa, Trump overwhelmingly led the Republican candidates with uh, 58% support, and he also led in New Hampshire with 44% of the support. Now, looking ahead, expectation is high for Super Tuesday on March 5th, when 16 primaries will be held, uh, including California and Texas, covering a whopping 36% of the entire Republican votes. And beyond that, the primaries extend to another crucial, sorry, other crucial states, concluding around 70% of the uh, Republican contest in late March. See, the other thing that's kind of affecting the the primaries and the presidential elections is uh, that I believe... The Supreme Courts in Maine and Colorado, uh, they ruled that they're going to leave out Trump for his role in the January 6th uh, riots. And But then the thing is, like, Maine and uh, Colorado doesn't have a whole lot of electoral votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, I don't know how it's going to make a difference. But I don't know if anyone's seen some of these debates, the Republican uh, candidates uh, debates, but it's been a fun one. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he's, he's my age, he's 38 years old. 
I, I feel like his role in this whole thing was just to blast Ricky, uh, Nikki Haley. And it was they were just going back and forth with this. And they're blasting each other. It's fun stuff, but Donald Trump hasn't gotten involved with any of this. And is still leading the way. We'll see what happens because whoever is voted on is going to really impact the relations here in South Korea. Because the consensus is that if Trump does get back the presidency, and it seems like it's highly likely that he might actually win the presidency uh, come uh, November this year, uh, is he going to undo? Uh, everything that's been mm-hmm. said with this whole trilateral alliance with Japan as well. We'll find out later on. Guys, thank you very much for joining us uh, today. Once again, Happy New Year's to you guys, and uh, we'll see you guys again. Thank, thank you. you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.